Hello, and welcome to the Family That Podcasts Together. Uh, we are guestless this week, after last time's guest. And, every, and everyone's just staring at me. I was waiting to see where you were going. I mean, there was an intro coming oh, Okay. Um, well, our, our topic this week is uh, Dad Got a Job. Another job. Would, An extra job. Would Dad like to tell us what the job is? Well, before I do, <laughs> is this the first uh, podcast here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, me and Emily got a new place. We have a two-bedroom with a garage. Emphasis on garage. <laughs> is the little white car in there yet? No, nope. not yet. We've got a shelf to build and Christmas decorations oh. to put on the shelf. Oh. And then the little white car will no, be Oh, I think garage. all the Christmas decorations are in here. Well, the, the containers oh. <laughs> are not. Trust me, his white car would still fit in there. <laughs> yes, it's very tiny. We just have to have a place for them. And he has to um, pay taxes on it. And I also have to make that car legal to drive on the road. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the taxes are so expensive. do I? Yes. Yeah. Last because time it is did. on. I, I share your insurance now, so I need you to make sure <laughs> last that time you drove it when it wasn't up to par, you got pulled over. Uh, actually, I drove it like that for two years before I got pulled over. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Anyway. So, <clears throat> had a church reach out to me that um, they're going through some transitions and. Uh, one of it is their director of media is leaving, so uh, so that's that's what I'm doing is director of media and social and audio and visual and whatever else. Um, at we'll just go nameless right now, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's the job. Is that our topic? So what does that include? <laughs> the end. Yeah. What does that include? It's good talking. Um, so back during the pandemic, they, they really expanded what they had um, before. It was like anybody else. You know, they had slideshows and stuff like that. Um, but they upgraded so that they could go virtual. Um, so they have, they've added, I think there's, there's eight cameras, uh, four remote cameras. Um, so we can do live streaming, but also use a black magic which will do video overlays and and stuff so we can integrate slideshows in with the the live feed and, and put um, multimedia overlays over the camera work and, and all of that and then soundboard and so so part really my job is to because it wasn't just the director that left there were other people that went too so it's it's a part of a large denomination that the denomination as a whole is going different directions and and so each church is making its choice whether to stay or to leave and so um, this one decided to stay but it was almost a 50 50 decision so half are gone and so three quarters of the people that worked back there in the sound area are gone so uh rebuilding all of that but it's it's interesting time because the church is getting to reinvent itself and and all of that so i think jeanette has gone to church for two weeks straight yeah and to a dinner in a church and yeah 
Yeah. I feel like it was, I feel like it's God nudging us that direction again, just being like, I'm going to give you an excuse to go now because you're not doing it on your own. And it does feel different. Like we've been talking while he's been doing this job and it feels different. Like I feel like my heart has opened. Um, like w when I'm in the service, I don't, when I'm in the service, I see needs and I, I can see people with needs and I'm not feeling resentful like I have been when I go to church. So it doesn't feel burdensome. It just kind of feels light and like um, opportunity. And it's made me feel like I think I could minister again. And they're hurting because during all of this split, a lot of bad things happened. You know, people say things and hurt feelings and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like they can understand where we're coming from because they have experienced about the same thing. So it's it's been good. It has been good. I was really anxious. I was really nervous to go, but I was pleasantly surprised. I think, I think we can talk about what the reason for the split was <coughs> and in the denomination and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's the UMC. I mean, that's, there's no reason to be vague about that. United Methodist Conference. Yeah. Uh, I swear I keep hearing something over here and it sounds like there's a cat. I'm no. like, this is the wrong oh, place. Oh, Emily thinks oh, this place is haunted. That's our so. cat. Well, two is people this? have died here. <laughs> I hear marbles dropping sometimes. No, I think one and a half people died because there's a half person over here rubbing on the wall. Yes. Oh, no, that's Gerald. He just lives in the wall. Does he? Okay. Cause is it a raccoon? No, it's a person. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> um, telling you, I'm hearing. Um, oh, back to that. So... Even oh that's what I'm it's hearing. Sawyer. It's Sawyer. I forgot Sawyer was here. There is another person. <laughs> I was so confused. Um, but uh, so what happened in the UMC? Even back when we were in it, it was heading this direction, and that's been ten years. I was ago. in college, so it's yeah, been it's been ten. Probably years. about ten years. Yeah, but there was this east-west thing that was happening. Um, and the West is um, a little more liberal than the East. So, um, and all of the, the social shifts that have happened over the last decade has, um, the UMC as a whole um, is more accepting of, of different lifestyles. And, um, and so, and, and, I would use the word affirming, but so the churches would have to decide. The problem you'd run into is the rural, more conservative churches struggled with with all of that. So, um, so 
each church had the option to decide to stay or to there's a global Methodist church that has formed that is more of the conservative side of things and so churches were able to decide most of your anchor churches around here decided they weren't even going to vote they were like nope we're staying like that's just the way it's going to be um, but many of your smaller ones especially if they had a strong faction that wanted did weren't aren't as affirming um, they uh, they voted so this one went through the vote and um, so I think every church that I've heard from that went through the vote, it was like a 49-51 vote. Like, yeah. they were all mm -hmm. super close. I mean, basically right. like the last couple of elections. Yeah. It really it's is. Been, it's yeah. it's a model of... So it's like a down-the-middle split either way. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, you know, there's a global Methodist church that has started in town, and, and uh, they're meeting in a church right now, but they're getting their footing and figuring that out. But uh, But basically, all the people that were involved in my part of things now went with the global and so yeah but uh, the interesting thing is I mean and the way I've as I've talked to the pastor that's there now and, and some of the, the people is they're just they're going through a grieving process I mean that's really what it's come down to is they're they've got to grieve and we've been through that I mean the benefit I have is I have a specific job Mm -hmm. I've got to put things on the screen. I've got to put things on the Facebook. I've got to put things on the sign out front and make sure the sound is good and the lights are good, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, so I can go in and focus on that and and not have to get in the weeds. But the problem is, is Jeanette is dragging me into the weeds. <laughs> oh, don't you look at me all innocent. I have done no such thing. Yeah, uh -huh. We've only talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. How long until you're organizing VBS? Yeah. Or... Oh, no. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't VBS she was talking about. Uh-oh. <laughs> mm, what are you talking about? Well, <laughs> so we've been, I've, I have been to two Sunday services, and then we went to a spaghetti dinner auction that they did. And I, just in my observance, I notice things about people because that's who I am. And I just notice some needs. Like, I feel like they need a marriage ministry to encourage. <laughs> <laughs> it's who I am, people. I can't help it. Yeah. And so my mind just starts being like, okay, so they could do this and they could do this and yeah, I, I just can't help it. And I'm, I'm actually surprised. Like, when we've gone to churches before to visit, I haven't felt that way. Um, I just want to get out. Like, I've always just wanted to get out as fast as possible. So, I don't know if I'm changing. I don't know if it's just this specific congregation. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm sure we'll figure it out. But I do feel like it's... God nudging us to get back out of the whale. <laughs> I don't feel like he's vomited us out. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You're using the analogy. You just go ahead. <laughs> I feel like he's being gentle about it. 
So the day that, so the way it came about was, let, let me throw that out because that makes a difference. Um, this was one of the last places that I spoke at six or seven years ago. Um, and I filled in for them. It was supposed to be like one or two weeks and I ended up being there for a month and a half. And um, they, the UMC does appointments, so they have a bishop that puts pastors in churches. And a lot of the people from the church were reaching out to the superintendent at the time, trying to get him to appoint me to that church. And, uh, and we were, I wouldn't say we was close to it at the time. It was just like we weren't looking for anything. Um, so kind of have a fan base there. It, use that word, you know, terrible phrase, but I'll use it. But um, <clears throat> so I was known there already, but uh, I was looking, I was actually had just been talking to Jeanette about just finding a, another thing to do with my spare time because going from owning your own property to now not even owning a lawnmower, like I, I have time to kill. So I was like, okay, I'll use this extra time and get a, a side hustle. There was a Tuesday morning, I was looking at these tech businesses around town to see if they just needed somebody, like I wanted to do some phone support or something to where I could make money but not really have to deal with the public, you know, and uh, but use my skill set and, and even build some relationships in the middle of it, you know, but just a part-time thing. And literally that morning, I was looking at those and then I get an email from their, uh, I forgot what they call him now, but he's the person who kind of runs their business of the church and, and he sent me an email and said, hey, your name has come up quite a bit. Here's what's, what we need. I don't know if it's something you'd be interested in. So I was told Jeanette, I was like, well, I feel like I'm being disobedient if I say no right off without even looking because this is lining up too quick and, and it's right in my skill set. Um, so reached out, I went and just sat in, I went and sat in before I said anything and, and talked to some people and, and I was like, okay, this is safe. Like this role and this, like, this is safe. And, uh, I had really didn't think Jeanette would be anywhere around. So I was just like, this is going to be a Sunday morning job and during the week building, building this stuff. But, um, so that's how it came about was was that so I said yes and here we are that's how it starts how it starts well I when he was offered the position I talked to my therapist about it because I was really anxious about what it meant for me because we've always been about one get one it's never worked where Randy went by himself it was always the two of us when have I ever gone by myself uh -huh. Pretty good amount. There were at least two churches that you got pretty heavily involved in yeah. without mom. Oh, there was gosh. one. There was one of them that none of us were involved in. Seven years is a long time. <laughs> you get bored. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I was just real anxious about what it meant for me, and my therapist told me that I had a choice, and that was something I'd never heard before in the ministry realm, as far as we were concerned. I didn't feel like I had a choice, and so. Um, Maybe that took some pressure off. I, I mean, I don't know. 
I think one thing she told you that I don't know that anybody had ever put it to us that way before was you can decide what you take into this experience with you. Yes. You don't you can decide what from your past goes into this place with you when you go there. Like you don't have to take all of it. Right. Yeah. What did she she talked about them moving. Was that the no. analogy she moved she used? No. What was her analogy? So the analogy she used was my workplace. Oh yes. Because where I work, uh, the day after Christmas last year, um, our office caught on fire, and we have not been able to be in that office since then. And we were in a temporary location for 11 months until they rebuilt our office. Um, And so my therapist said, it's like being in that temporary location, and now you're going back to your home but you get to decide what you take back. You don't have to take all the clutter that you had to move in a hurry before because of the consequences. You can decide each thing, whether you want to take it or leave it. And she said, you don't have to take any of it. And that really opened my eyes. Like, I I do have a choice in how this plays out and how I um, respond. So, I, I mean, I followed her instructions and the first Sunday I went, I took my journal and I just wrote down how I felt and what I was feeling and it helped a lot. So, I don't know what God's doing, but it it feels nice. It doesn't feel heavy. It also doesn't feel like we've been dropped into a pool of water and we don't know how to swim. Like it's, it's slow. It is for me. It may not be. For <laughs> it's me. not for me. Randy's spending a lot of time there. <laughs> <I'm still> but <laughs> yep, I've already been there about five hours this morning. But Dad's good at compartmentalizing. Yes. If, if it's, do a job. It's it's work. Yes. <laughs> I cannot do that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even then, I talked to somebody came through while I was there, and we talked through some things. And because uh, you know, like anything else, they're they're wanting to make changes here and there, and it's like mm-hmm. I'm kind of the one talk as I'm talking to people. I'm being a buffer for the pastor because you know. They always have to be careful. I'm like, listen, you can use me. Like, I can yeah. be the guy in these certain roles because it's my job. But to kind of tug on the reins and be like, listen, you got a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, don't rebound relationship at this minute moment. Like, yeah. let's let's take a minute, take a breath, grieve, mm-hmm. let the let the let the dust settle, and then move on. But also try to hope in the middle and find a dream. But so. Another thing that happened in the middle of that, so I went two weeks there, and then I was asked to officiate a funeral of a person from the last church. So in the midst of all of this, it's, and so after the funeral, the the graveyard is at that church, the meal that they was gonna have at that church, being prepared by some folks that not emotionally prepared to see 
Well, and you are sharing responsibilities with their current pastor. Current pastor, yeah. And uh, that one was a struggle. That was It was hard just to know that I was going to see some folks face-to-face and stir up all of that stuff. But... Um, it was it was good, but one of the things that was really good was I talked to the pastor, and he asked me for some graphics from things that we developed seven years ago, seven or eight years ago from you know from there, mm-hmm. um, because they still use it. Like the vision that I've developed with a few other people in 2016 is still what they use, and the branding and the logos and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and that church has actually put in place things that I was trying to fight to the death for during that time. Like, they they left the denomination they were in for the same... They're on the other side of the spectrum, though, like, because they were they were so conservative, and I always ask them, they're like, why? Why are you a part of this denomination? Because that is not reflective of who you are at all. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a false narrative of what you putting their logos out there. That's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they wouldn't even consider it. But they have, they have. I don't know if I told you that, but mm-hmm. they, they left it. The, the signage out front, the symbol that they used to have, replaced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who led the charge is the one who fought the hardest. But when he found out really how liberal they are, he was like fighting, which I don't think is a good reason, but I knew who they were. Yeah. Um, and just other things here and there that, that came about. But, I mean, it, so it's just a – our time wasn't wasted there. Like, as, as the wounds are what the wounds are, it'll make us more effective helping these people. But um, but we accomplished things while we were there that, that still stand seven years later, you know. Mm-hmm. He gave me an out. I didn't have to go. She didn't, no. I, I was – I was so stressed to go to see those people again. And I was really dreading it. And then I started ironing my clothes and he said, you do not have to go. And I said, okay. So I didn't go. But it was, I think it worked out for the best because if I'm there, he feels like he has to hurry up. So he just got to talk. I did. Got to play nice with people that I'd want to kick in the shins, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mom and I talked about it. We drove, we took Sawyer to Nashville for her birthday, and we talked about it like the whole way up there, just kind of what it went went from mom and the conversation she had with her therapist and just all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I told her that I hadn't ever really communicated before is how much for the three of us mom and me and Ethan I think a lot of the decisions that we were making when we were like really in ministry was us attempting to protect dad like I think a lot of us filtered our decisions through like how is this going to reflect on dad's reputation or his job or you know things like that and I was thinking like my thought was mom thinking and that she's she's communicated it before like well if he goes in there without me then people are like well where's your wife 
why isn't she here and what does that mean and you know I think we've kind of filtered our decisions through that lens which I told her dad would absolutely hate if for us to say that out loud and be like why are you doing that I don't need you to do that I knew it <laughs> I know <laughs> and you would have said that anyway like what quit doing that I don't need you to do it but we just did like it was such a big thing for me and Ethan to leave that church and I I waited a long time because it was like if I leave <laughs> and I take Ethan with me like what does that say about them because a lot of what we did was okay how does this reflect on them as parents nope so I think I think that's one of the things that maybe mom was able to not bring with her this time I'm the sound guy and that could help <laughs> I am I'm the sound guy <laughs> but you're also a bit of a you're you're like a um, what do they call when they bring somebody else in consultant, consultant. <laughs> I mean, that's fine that means I get to give my opinion that's true <laughs> yep yes and also when he met with the um, the pastor there he was like, you know, he, the pastor assumed that I was going to come. And he said, you can get it to a point to where you can even go down and sit with your wife during church. So it's, That wasn't the pastor. That was the, the hiring PRCC person. Yeah. Is um, no. So it is assumed. He was practicing your name. Uh, <laughs> my real name? He said, I... I'm going to try to remember Janet's name. It's Janet. <laughs> and he's like, okay, who can I relate that with? No one. <laughs> like, you, you don't know who Janet McCurdy is. And uh, so the chip phonetics. aunt. The chip aunt. And my grandmother. Two, like, two T's. <laughs> two may know Janet Oakey. No, nobody knows. No, and they call I, her Janet Oak. So <laughs> two T's means a different sound. E T T E E T T E. But no, he he said that to me. So the the PVRC guy, he said that to me. You know, we just need you to manage it, not mm-hmm. run it. And um, then you can get to the point where you sit down. I told him. I just I said, now listen, I know my history here. I know what's in the back of your mind <laughs> because the pastor is leaving in December mm-hmm. and they'll have to appoint somebody after that. And I was like, I know what's in the back of your mind and I'm going to be straight up honest with you. You don't want me in your pulpit right now. <laughs> like you don't want what's in my head. And I, we talked for a while. He and the worship director and I talked for a while and I laid out a lot of things and, and they were both like, but we're kind of in the same place. Like, and I, I met with, been meeting with the worship team because I'm part of that, you know, the presentation side of it. But uh, met with a couple of them the other night, just talking through things and, you know, talking about the church and what they were seeing. And, and uh, he he related the thing he wants is just a welcomeness for people to come and ask questions and then decide if you want to be here, great. If this is not for you, great. But we want to be a place that you can come and talk. Mm-hmm. and come and question things and, and work through it. I was like, well, I'm great with questions, but <laughs> I got more questions than answers. And I have to say... And they were really... Uh, well, they were really appreciative of that. And the pastor has been, listen, you'll, you know, we're not going to go any faster than you need to. And he says, if you have that moment. You know, I told him about having panic attacks in church. And he said, if you, you need a moment just to tap out, tell me. 
like, okay. And also, and he, he's, he's not really like a preacher. He kind of is a speaker. Um, but he speaks a lot of grace. Oh, it's love. It's all about love there. Yeah, it's, so you just don't feel judged. Yeah. Is he going to another church? Or he was filling in. He's he's retired. He's he's been retired. He wants to retire. Right. Yeah. He was a he was he has filled in. He was a DS district superintendent years ago, and then when one left, he filled in for him for a while. So he's just a warm body. Gotcha. And he's like eighty, isn't he? I don't know how old he is, but I mean, his wife is a retired educator, and they're just and and he said, well, and he's had. He's just getting older. He said, I just don't have the stamina. It, he said, Sunday afternoons, doing two services, he's just yeah. wore out. And he's ready to enjoy what he's worked for. Mm-hmm. But with somebody walking, you know, somebody, when leader, you know there's a leadership change coming, and you just, you know, made this big decision about the denomination, you don't want to make any big changes. You know, it's like, this is not the time. Mm-hmm. You're figuring out who you are right now. Ethan said nothing. <laughs> I did. I figured I didn't need to. That's why I picked this topic. So he didn't have to. So he didn't have to. <laughs> so what's the what's the uh, check in you guys to where it's like okay, yeah, I know Alexia's already told me like when they ask you to speak, you say no. <laughs> yeah. I said you say hell no. That's what <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I don't feel that way. Well, none of us are very good at taking on small responsibility at churches. And we not either avoid it, it or we jump in all the way. There's yeah. no in between. I, <laughs> I think. Hyper focus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, God knows what He's doing. And in this particular group of people, where they are right now, I think it allows healing. It's an open environment for healing for several, you know, lots of reasons. They need it. We need it. And so for the first time, I actually feel like... Maybe sharing our experience with these people could help them and it could help us. Like, we aren't going to be, like, murdering people with what we feel. So why are you going crazy with that doily Because thing? Mom and Emily are fidgeters. They both because. shake their legs and they both tap the oh. table and they pick up jars yeah. and open them. Yeah. yeah, if you heard that <laughs> sound, that was uh, Emily grabbing a jar. <laughs> I, I am obsessed with this placemat because it's velvet and it feels yeah, so Yeah, the top nice. of it's supposed to be velvet, but we liked the bottom of it more. So they're well, the bottom, the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. the bottom feels really nice too. The, but the top of it isn't as pretty with the velvet. Oh, I don't I like the velvet. I just like both sides and the way they yeah. feel. I mean, they're very, they're very no, good. No, I keep telling people that the best thing to come out of marriage so far is this ring that I constantly have to play with. And my wife. <laughs> That's 
<laughs> so it was the insurance benefits. Yeah. <laughs> the garage. It was the garage. No, they didn't have that when they got married. <laughs> I already had a garage. What are you talking about insurance benefits? You didn't even know who your insurance company was this morning. No, I'm, this morning. I'm in my car insurance. Ah. Yeah. The one that matters. So yeah. much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> One's a stress creator, the other's a stress reliever. Yeah. 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 Fidget. One makes me fidgety and the other one's a fidget toy. Symbiotic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was my distraction. No. You you had a question. I asked for it. It was about the placement, wasn't it? No. He wants to know what you guys think about oh. our what the warnings or the why does it throw like a red flag for you so hard? Because this is how we ended up preaching again when I was 10. We, we always had that goal. Preaching again when you were 10. The first time we quit. Oh. We went to a church to just go to a church. Well, that was just an in-between. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't really to get out of ministry. It was just... But also, we all have a history of this. I'm just wondering, they're going to get a new pastor. Are they going to get a new environment with that pastor? Like, yeah, is, is somebody going to come in with expectations? Yeah, Especially that, if it's just someone who gets appointed. Mm-hmm, if well, it's just someone from the, the conference. And so that was a question I brought up as we were talking through some things. I was like, okay, so have you guys been... More denominate or more uh, congregationally led or pastorally led, and um, and really, I mean, the tradition of the church is it is a congregational thing, and and so um, and they said for really it ha- it is congregational, like they the the pastor is not you know kind of like growing up in the charismatic church, it's all about that leader and. Coming up with the vision, casting the vision, driving the vision, and all of that, and theirs is like, no, we we come up with the vision, and they are supplemental to it. So, I mean, that's that's the anticipation. But I would think if you had somebody wise coming in there, they would understand. Surely anybody in the denomination right now understands the healing that has to go along with that. Like I reached out right off to Sky, who was used to be a district superintendent, now pastors a, a large church down in Tennessee, and immediately I reached out to him and said, "Hey, you know the church, you know me." Like, He's the one that pulled us into the Methodist Church in the first place. He was the he he was the superintendent was there when I came in, but it was yes. I mean, he was the contact at the time. I mean, you didn't get appointed because we weren't Methodists. <laughs> we um, <laughs> we were suggested by their congregation. Yes, yeah. and then he was like, actually, his word was he. You know, he thought I was all on board Baptist because that's what I was coming out of at that time. He said, Baptist make the makes the best Methodists. <laughs> what about charismatic? Pentecostal <laughs> Baptist Methodist like that's um, but yeah so I reached out to him I was like you know any any thoughts or, or what suggestions you've had and he just said help him heal yeah that was the only thing he said help him heal 
and and he that's not him being there. He just knows what everybody's going through right now. Which it's a weird thing because the United Methodist didn't form until the '60s. It's not that old. It was it before that. It was like the Brotherhood and something else that came together to make the United Methodist. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a you know Church of England that split. It's it's something still relatively new. Wasn't it? Was it global before? Mm-hmm. Oh. I think it was think just, it was it just, was just a, Methodist, it was just Methodist church, church, church and like the Universal or. Uh, the Methodist Brotherhood. And then I don't they know. made the United. Gotcha. At, at Palestine, we still had that sign that said yeah. just Palestine Methodist Church, right? Not UMC. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But no, it's an interesting time because I still have that, you know, like when I we start talking, Jeanette and I start talking about things to do. It's like, man, I don't know. I can go back and listen to my podcast and be like, mm-mm, don't let that dude do anything. But, <laughs> but, but if the goal is to have a, come up with a safe place, then I'm fully equipped to help with that. Yeah. And I think that's been my goal with leading our men's group is like I've tried my best to make it at my place every week to make it as I guess non-churchy as possible maybe but just a welcome place yeah well that's what's been weird because we've been talking a lot about worship and they were you know talking about how to get people engaged in in worship and it's like like what is what does that mean what does that look like like just mm-hmm. willing to ask all those questions mm-hmm. of like, what does churchy mean and non-churchy mean? And, like, I don't know. It's easy to fall into any kind of rut all the way around. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, we're all apprehensive anytime we go to a church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys still are to an extent, even though you've been going for a while. Oh, absolutely. It's hard to let go of that. I think even the funeral that we went to yesterday, listening to the officiant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, you know, I get. I don't know. I didn't really get everything he was doing. It was weird. But it's still like when we're out by the graveside and the things he's talking about, kind of like how many of these people standing out here are even part of a, you know, a faith group on an ongoing basis? And why are you communicating in a way that is specifically toward people who have spent decades in the church? Yeah. Like there's nothing inviting about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There's nothing inclusive about what you're saying, inclusive of people outside of the body. Like how do you do that and stay true to what a church is, the reason for a church, but also, you know, I mean, I, like that's, all that's just rolling around in my brain. And it's, yeah. 
Yeah, I think he definitely did not know how to read the room. Doesn't have to. Uh, yeah, you do. you should. Full time pastor of old church. Yeah, no. <laughs> like you don't have to. That's, no, it's just that was the expectation, and he fulfilled the expectation. He fulfilled the expectation. Uh, yeah. This is not one of the fun ones. It's not. <laughs> I, I feel relieved about where I am. Like, you know, I don't feel so self-conscious about where I am. I think, okay, I'm, I'm actually okay. There are other people in a similar place and people that may actually understand. I don't feel like such an alien. I think, like thinking about that funeral yesterday, none of what he did felt helpful. The most helpful thing of the day was we went back to his church and there was a team there who fed us and gave us a space to grieve. And there was no expect like they they were like, here's your food. Here's your food. Here's your space. Use it how you want to. We're here for whatever you need. Like here's who's on hand. Here's the resources we have. Like that's what it should be. Yeah. And I think maybe you're in a good place to be that for people with less ceremony. Like the ceremony part is not helpful. But being able to just kind of be in the space and say, like, here's the resources I have to offer you. If you want them, here they are. If you don't, ignore them. <laughs> you know, like, here's yeah. your space. Maybe I think maybe that's what we've all kind of been looking for anyway. It's just a space. Yeah. To grieve. <laughs> Yeah, a space where nobody's asking you to do something. They're just allowing you to be. Well, and like when you talk about how do we get people engaged in worship? What does engagement look like? It's kind of like grieving. Like what does grieving look like? Well, for some people it's I'm going to curl up in a ball and cry in a corner. Yesterday it was we're going to sit around and laugh a lot. <laughs> like there was a lot of laughter in that room because people were just telling stories. So it you can't. You can't say, like, here's your space and then give expectations to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can't say, okay, here's your worship space and give expectations to it. Like, here's your space, but this is what that means. Like, this is what you have to do. It, that's just not genuine. Well, and the difference between where people are at the time, because yeah, I went, it was two Fridays in a row that I was at the same funeral home, mm-hmm. and the one... Two weeks ago was for a 19-year-old boy. Yeah. This one was for a 95-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a difference. Yeah. The hope you have for 95 is that you make it to tomorrow. Like yeah. every day, you understand. Every day is you know is a gift, but there's a point where you're like, I don't have a future hope in this. There's not a built-in like hope. I've we've been at that point for a long time that we're just 
we take it as it comes. Mm-hmm. But with a 19-year-old, you're like, there's this whole future. And there's this, this expectation that this is going to be here for yeah. decades to come. And, and uh, my life involves that. And, and so when, you know, coming in into worship, some people, when they come in on a Sunday or whatever, it's, I just need to survive right now. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? But then there's people, you know, as they get older, they're like, I just need heaven. And like, that's, mm-hmm. that's different for, for each person. And how do you create an atmosphere that that's palatable for both? Yeah. Like it's not possible, but. Another thing about this church that makes this a simple task is that it's very small. You know, it's not like where you go and there's two services and each one is has, you know, hundreds of people in it. This is a very small congregation, so it's easier to just kind of step in. No, you're not stepping in. Nope. <laughs> you're not stepping in. <laughs> Oh, I'm pulling that's the, my I'm, hang up. I, yep. I'm pulling the reins on that one too. <laughs> that's believe the it or thing, not. That's that's the nervous uh, part because mom has been so against it for so get long. Get me out of here. Yeah, or... even longer than us three. And you've gone for two weeks. <coughs> and you're already well, saying they need a marriage counseling. They need marriage counseling, marriage group. I don't want you to bury your feelings with helping. Because I did it's the a same, great distraction. Because I did the same thing because I have the same mindset. I went to a church and they said you can drum and then I was a youth pastor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I don't feel like I'm doing that. Yep. We'll see. Patience is not your I am not a patient person. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jess is going to be listening to this like, get off her. Let her step in. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> been trying to get her to step in. <laughs> All right. Let's close this one out. I don't even know where we're at. Nope. <laughs> but we, we, we invited ourselves over to their place at the last minute. And... Okay, I just want to say one thing that's totally off topic. <laughs> I've already killed the topic, so go ahead. So, Ethan did something this week that shocked me. He's nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm curious. Well, besides eating broccoli. Okay. He went and saved his wife from a snake. Oh. (laughs) Hardly. It was... He was very scared while he was doing it. I was terrified. Hey, but you did it. I was over here with the moth. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> it was very similar, actually. Sure that, that's so not an Ethan. I noticed Emily texted us with a picture of a snake, and Ethan was like, yeah, I get to work at this time, and then immediately Emily calls me, and I'll, my first thought was, why'd she call Ethan? I know. I didn't know who to call. <laughs> well, my first thought was my dad, but I'm like, he's in a classroom right now, so that's not going to work. And I was like, I know Ethan got to work early, so I'm just going to call him. My thought was, I'm going to grab Richard. 
who I work with because he likes snakes. I'm surprised I didn't get a text. That snake was mad. It was so mad. It was just a chicken snake. But it was so angry. Was it inside the office? Yes. yes. It was in our office. It's a chicken snake. It's a snake. All snakes are poisonous. Cotton-headed rattle moccasin. <laughs> <laughs> That's it was love. Scary. That's love. I gotta go protect my woman. <laughs> but if the boat's sinking. She ain't sharing the door. <laughs> well, I told her. I said, "I said I will, I will buck up and do a snake. But if it's a frog, don't call me." <laughs> if it was I a will, frog, we wouldn't have that. I scared. will not do a frog. Ethan would have. Frogs jump. Uh, frogs are unpredictable. That snake was slithery. Frogs have limbs, <laughs> and I've been told frogs have knives. <laughs> Turtles. No. <laughs> Nunchucks, knives. <laughs> I was just proud. My boy was being a man. Yeah. I was terrified as to what you were going to say. <laughs> Running back through our lunch, being like, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say? By the way, Emily, we told Suzanne yesterday that uh-huh. Ethan ate broccoli and she went, what? <laughs> Emily is a miracle worker. Emily's, I like to hear the what end was Helen Keller's teacher's name? Ann Sullivan. Yeah. Ann Sullivan. Emily's the Ann Sullivan to my Helen Keller. Hey, she did <laughs> have a lot of time to eat. Uh, Helen Keller joke. Hit it. Which one? I don't know. Why is one. Helen Keller a bad driver? Because she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Helen Keller had a dog named Fluffy? <laughs> Neither did she. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> We digress. Thank you for joining us on the Family That Podcast together, where next time we will be talking about some other topic. Thank you.